Welcome back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. So we have a lot to unpack and everyone knows on Sunday it is our Insecure Recap Review Day. So first of all, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that this was actually my last show of the season as well. So welcome everybody back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. And this idea actually started with one of my bestest most wonderful friends, uh, Chaz, and one of my other really great friends, uh, Jonte and Ken Jarvis, they were in conversation, I think, a week ago. And they were just, you know, as we typically do as friends, guys, you know, we talk about, what did you see last week? Or, Girl, did you see this? A guy, did you see? You know, and I think we started to talk about Insecure, of course. And as exciting as this conversation is, I could not just do this show alone. So this is my last show for the year, but also I had to bring some amazing folk on the show with me, y'all. So I am bringing to you guys live on Zoom. So make sure you tune in later tonight, first thing in the morning, if you subscribe to the Jameer Smith Show. But I want to introduce everybody to Charles Chaz Johnson, my bestie. Shout out to DC Arkansas in the building. We have Joseph. Hello, hello, hello. We have Joseph Oliver. What's going on? Hey. I call him the gingerbread man, y'all. What's going on, Jante? How you doing over there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> and to my boo thing, what's going on, Ken Jarvis? How are you? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? All right, so listen, we're gonna get right into it because listen, it is fresh on the mind, on the tongue, and I want everybody to be as authentic, as as real as possible. And everybody knows on my show, we just have the biggest creatives and I love you guys so much. And you guys are all creatives in your own passion. So, you know, Insecure fans, we have waited long enough for this series to kick off this weekend and hope everybody had an amazing holiday yesterday. And shout out to your Christmas. Hope everybody got what you needed. But there's a lot of cliffhangers that were left last year, and we have a lot of questions that we want to ask. So shout out to Issa Rae, shout out to Prentice, uh, Melinda, every person, um, Carrie, that was a part of this this series that really made it, it possible. Um, but from friendships to challenges to breakups to job changes, I think I really wanted to start this show off on a different spectrum and then start to talk about uh, tonight's episode. So really at its core, Insecure is really about a group of black millennials trying to really figure life out and really talk about love in their lives, their friendships, their finances, their careers. But in addition to talk about, you know, the people that they're dealing with on a regular basis. So I wanted to, first of all, ask you guys questions on how do you feel about cheating versus open relationships? When it comes to terms with insecure, let's 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 play with the characters. So if we want to talk about cheating in open relationships, I, I think last week's show dealt with uh, Dro, he came back, and how real, you know, Molly was. So how do you guys feel about that relationship, that situation, and how that uh, transpired? I thought the way uh, it was, was. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Girl. <laughs> well, I thought the way that, the way they set it up was was messy. The way that um, Dro and his wife 
<clears throat> the way they chose to go about it, I don't think I think that if you're gonna do an open relationship, it's a it's an appropriate way to organize it. Okay. And I just don't don't think that the way they <laughs> participated with other people was very organized, if that makes sense. Um, I think it was kind of loose and messy. Chaz, you were saying something. Well, I, I want to make sure I'm gonna go back to what you said. Christmas, so in the spirit of insecurity, it's Christmas. Okay, we, we don't say C words around here. But, um, it is Christmas, no, y'all. I it is Christmas. It's Christmas, okay. Um, you know, I'm very eager to know if the wife, because we never really got her perspective, if it truly was an open relationship that they both agreed on, because we only got one side. We did. And all we knew was she's fine with it it was her idea whatever that looks like but we never saw the full transparency if both parties really agreed and why did they separate you know there was no deep dive into that it was it because of infidelity if she didn't know but what i will say is whether molly was under the influence or not of inedible i do appreciate the honesty and how raw and real she was because if you're going to be in that kind of predicament or you're going to be in that kind of situation, it's very important that you are very honest mm. and upfront. And even though she did it in a different state of mind, I like the transparency from that. And I do like the fact of how Tony was like, cool, we all got a pass. Now let's move on. Yeah, no, to, to your point, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, I had received, when I did the review last week, on the episode i had gotten a lot of messages and that was the top message in my inbox about open relationships and cheating and especially how molly really unfolded the conversation in an honest way and i think you know sometimes you know to kendrava's point you know if at all there's a conversation with a relationship and there is an open situation you know how do you handle it in a mature fashion but in addition to, you know, when you think about it, I love how honest Molly was about her situation and where she is even current day as we talk about this episode. But go ahead. I know Jonte had to talk. Well, as a chance then went on, um, <laughs> it's, it's not much for me to say. No, but um, I will go so far to say that I feel like, as far as the drill situation is concerned, I did feel like it, we lacked a lot of background information. Right. Like, we only got his side of things, so it was, it's no way to truly, like, get into the story. Like, because from my perspective, it's something the buttermilk ain't clean. Mm. <laughs> and to, to touch on um, Molly being able to communicate and be so open and honest in that moment, I mean, in situations like that, I feel like Torian allowed her to do that. Like, he allowed... And provided her um, the comfortability to be able to say, hey, this yeah. is what is happening. I don't have to hide anything from you. You're my man. And he's secure <clears throat> within his space in their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that right there was the the the, the point <laughs> in, <laughs> in that whole situation. So, you know, I feel like in cases like open relationships versus cheating or whatever, like your partners have to make it comfortable for you to be able to speak to them as open and honest as Molly was able to speak to Torian in that moment. But you also got to look at Molly at this time in her life too with Torian, with the fact of 
she's a completely different person than she was when she was going through that drug situation. Molly has gotten therapy. She dated Andrew and recognized the situations that she still needed to work on within herself to have a relation, a healthy relationship with somebody else. Also, I, I don't quite remember, but I can't remember if she was even taking this whole thing with Dross seriously at the time. Like, did she have feelings for him? I don't remember. But I think it was just a little something to do. But, I mean, because you know you can't take that so serious. That man's married. You can't take that serious. Like, come on. So, yeah. at, at the end of the day, with her being with Torian, and like you said, he's provided that space and that security in that relationship because now at this point these are two grown adults with a mature relationship yeah they on edibles they kiki haha whatever they eating macaroni balls but at the end of the day these are two people that get each other and when you have that you you can talk about anything that that security in that relationship is far none you can you can't compete with that so Dro coming in thinking, oh, let me go fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go mess Molly World up again. <laughs> let me see what. Let me see what decision I can cause over here. Oh, what's up? What's good? Oh, Molly was like, oh hey, oh yeah, we used to have a thing. Yeah, and yeah. She went on yeah. about her day like that. So we better go mess around in the closet. Come on, like, come on. You can't compete with that. And the lies that he might have been telling one sided with his wife or. Oh, we in an open relationship, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. We never got a backstory because he was not meant to be long-term in her life. Period. So, absolutely. Good. Molly definitely suffered from borderline personality disorder. So, (laughs) I agree with Joseph 100%. Like, this was, we got to hold the new Molly because the old Molly wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been mature enough to handle that type of confrontation anyway so but I feel like that's kind of unfair to say she has a personality disorder like because in reality like it's growing past it's fast, like, though. but you have, to, you have to experience the mm-hmm. BS so that you know what not to do so like at, like who she was at that time no longer exists you have to uh, like people deserve the opportunity to grow so she had those experiences which put her in a position to be, to be able to be with Tori now no, but the show, from what the show displayed to her, she met the criteria. That wasn't a joke. That was <laughs> she met the criteria. <laughs> yeah, for, the, for the viewers, we do have a licensed individual who is licensed from yeah, who knows what he's talking about. <laughs> That's not what I think. I mean, life isn't fair, but she met the criteria. Well, <laughs> like so this. the biggest thing, the biggest thing is, I think that was the reason why I really started with that question because basically, I'm going to circle back. With that one question, and, and again, that was really the, the first and top question that was in my inbox uh, whenever I did the review from last week. So I want us to go ahead and start talking about tonight. And again, it is titled, and everyone knows that this season was comma okay. And of course, there were words before that one. So the finale of tonight's was everything's going to be okay, question mark. I've called it the birthday episode because that's exactly what it was. And I mean... It, it literally was a day of birth, and I mean that in a full spectrum of things. And so the show it really starts off with Issa and Nathan and really coming back home from last week's episode. And the situation was, you know, Nathan and Lawrence kind of had a little bit of a <clears throat> back and forth. And it was one of those situations that I don't know if Nathan could really handle 
everything that was going on, because I think if you guys can really remember from last week's episode, you know, Nathan was really, really bothered by the idea that Issa did not let him know that Lawrence has come back into the city. And I think it was one of those things like, you know, it not only bothered him, it just made him super, super uncomfortable to even be around her. So what are you guys thoughts about how this episode really started off this week? We knew Nathan wasn't going to stay around that long anyway. First of all, this sounds horrible, but he was way too soft for you to. He had his own stuff he was just now trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> he wasn't even comfortable in the city he was in. So I didn't see that working out in the first place, honestly. And if they would have said that was who she was going to end up with, that was a full lie. Uh-oh, Ken Jarvis is making a face, guys. I know you guys are just listening to us, but he's making no, a face right now. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not making a face about that at all. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I just, I Go ahead. No, I mean, I just think that Nathan was, I think that he, again, was just a point in her life that she needed to go through. Um, I didn't see it long term. I did see it ending the way that it did. Mm. only because of the history and when you have a true love that is so strong and you know everything about a person it's kind of hard to deviate from it no matter what you do like you can go and you can be with a b and c but at the end of the day if that's what your heart is desiring then it's nothing that can be done you have to go and you have to scratch that itch yeah as Issa said on in the season so I think how it ended is exactly how I pictured it. I didn't see her with anyone else, especially not with Nathan, just because he was too unstable with what he wanted to do, how he was feeling. And that little shuffle that they did, that made you walk away? Oh, okay. (laughs) Bye. Well, I mean, and, and to you guys' point, I think that, you know, not that I think that Nathan was soft. I do believe that Nathan really was just trying to wrap his hands around all of the disease that he was going through, whether that's mental, whatever. And I think, you know, him trying to this season come to terms with it. And I've talked about this this season about, um, you know, the African-American culture. We don't really talk about, you know, uh, mental abuse and, and sexual abuse and things like that. And then how do we get help for it? And I think we got to see this season and they didn't really talk a lot about it. But I don't know if you guys even noticed, like he was even taking his medications to try and sometimes stabilize himself. But in addition to really just try and have the conversation on how to work out his ghosting you know thing but i think to chaz's point i I did see this really show becoming full circle because i did see Issa kind of coming back to lawrence's uh world and as we see as she comes back home and it looks like in that moment while she's in the car with with nathan it's kind of like they they're now separated again so now she's back to square one and she gets a text from lawrence what does that feel like to you guys? Because again, we've seen this before. Feel like incons- inconsistent Issa to me. Um, I mean, because the reality of it is, I mean, I feel like you can have a true love, but if if something with within you is still inconsistent, then it it still won't work. Like Issa, <clears throat> they they compiled a lot of stuff into this to this last episode. Mm-hmm. So I hate that we didn't really get a chance to see like. The specific the specifics of everything that led up to each life changing event, 
but Issa still has trouble making decisions. Mm. Um, she still is dependent upon other people making decisions for her. Um, and I feel like when you have that type of when you have that type of issue, it's hard for you to navigate through a relationship because you can't even navigate through life decisions. And so that mm. to me is what when Lawrence texts her, I was just like, girl, <laughs> girl, bye. Like me, me, goodbye. That's what I did because I mean, a person with bipolar disorder, like Nathan, I think he said he had bipolar two disorder. Like he, I mean, he needs stability, right. and so you got to think about like he was new to LA, he was dealing with Issa and dealing with his mental health disorder. I mean, I think he was he could have been good for Issa, but I don't know. I'm kind of I'm soft on Nathan, so. <laughs> Exactly. You are, KJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do agree that it was a little slop. It was well, it was definitely rushed, but I do agree that it was a little sloppy just in the ESA market due to the fact that we honestly didn't get to see her heal between Nathan and kind of right. Lawrence again. Like, what was what was your mental journey? this like how did you get how did you heal yourself to decide you wanted to partake with this with Lawrence again or XY whatever or like what what did that look like because it it, on on screen it looks like oh you went from Nathan okay you was upset about that you dated a couple of dudes decided that wasn't what you want okay being inconsistent as you will put it and then, oh, out of the blue, oh, you called Lawrence for his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Lawrence. Da, da, da. Lawrence has moved on with his life. Right, right. We're going to touch on that, but I was going to say, with that next scene, and I mean, to your point, and both of you guys' points, it's like, I wish we could have really seen the gravity of the growth within all of these. But, of course, that would probably have been, like, of course, a couple other episodes down the line. But... This next scene is what reminded me a lot of Jonte and Chaz and Molly shows up and she asked the question of you hungry? Do you want something? And of course, of course, in true fashion and you guys, of course, don't know these people, but it's like the relationships that I have with these guys on the phone. It's like Chaz and Jonte are those. It's it's interesting how the roles really flip in their relationship and you know, I love how she has, what is it, wine and some food. And, and Molly's like, you really did want to be alone, I see. Because, you know, she still has on the exact same outfit that she had on the night before. But I think it's one of those things that we always look at in our friendship circles of these friends. I love how they wrote this in the show is that it really does show the real life of friendships. Because friendships don't have a straight line. It's like we go through the bumps and the bruises And I love how they have really built on, and I'll ask you guys a question that a lot of fans ask me, and it'll be interesting to see how many people will say the exact same thing at the end of the show. But um, we get to now see Mira Bitch. And um, as everyone doesn't know who Mira Bitch is, it's Issa kind of sees her, her second or third personality in the mirror. And, you know, she says a comment that I want to fast forward to the point of my life where things are good. What did you guys take from that? I mean, I think with this episode, everything was fast forwarded to such a quick point, but I, I want to kind of go back just a little bit to bring it back up to current you know, topic. 
when Ken Jarvis said that Issa is kind of codependent. And I think with this episode, it showed in such a quick fashion how everyone moved on with her life and how she was ending up being by herself little by little. You know, you have Kelly, who's now pregnant and met someone. Boom. You have Tiffany, who is moved to Denver, and now she's pregnant with someone. But the connection that Kelly and Tiffany had when she found out Kelly was pregnant and Issa was by herself with her date, and she looked like, I'm on the outskirts. Right. And then you have um, Molly, who's now married. And so now Issa has to figure it out on her own. And I think this is where she's really trying to figure out, like, okay, this just me now. You know, I have to figure this out on my own. And yes, I can always call my friends, but at the end of the day, it's me. And I think everyone's life is progressing and moving forward. So now she's like, I want to skip the bumps and I want to go to the happily ever ending portion of my life. Yeah, I want things to be good for me. And many of us always sometimes be like, oh, child, when is my happiness going to happen? <laughs> you know, when does that look like? But that's not life. Life isn't 100% all smiles and giggles. You got to go through the, the storm in order to see the sunshine. Yeah. And I think that's what she's navigating through at this point. And how, I mean, to your point, Chaz, you know, like how many of us have experienced breakups and we all want to skip that hurt phase? Right. <laughs> you 100%. know, like we want to all go straight through that. We want to skip the eating ice cream with your bonnet on. We <laughs> <laughs> love <laughs> Yeah, you know, but um, I really when Issa said uh, to Lawrence, you know, there goes my girl. I teared up a little bit because you know. Hold on, we go. We gonna get. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. Okay, okay, okay. We gonna get there. But to your point, I feel like that meant that you know she just she was not even at that point she was not ready to go through life yet and make those decisions that she she needs to learn how to make her own. Um, and I wish I would have got a chance to see the evolution of Issa. Yeah, that was robbed of me as a fan. But I don't <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, John, go ahead, John. Tell you, you were gonna say something. See, oh yeah. See, I hate the idea of her saying like she wants to skip to when everything's gonna be good simply because it's like the lack of accountability of just like living. Like mm. it's it's the fear of growth it's the fear of experience like because i mean how do you get to the good without experiencing bad it's like it's mandatory so like you can't go through life being lazy you got to indulge in all of it like because it's what makes the good moments even better true i think that's i think that's that is very accurate what you're saying however comma dot 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 if we're gonna speak on real life i think that in real life you're like i am tired of going through it get me to the good part you know and i think that's what humanizes the conversation is i'm tired and i just want to get to when it's good for me because i don't want to go through anything else and i feel like if she hadn't said that and she's like oh i'm going through this and thankful i'm going through this because i'm gonna go through go through this and get on the other side and be so much happier no, we don't want to. We don't want to hurt ourselves intentionally. We don't want to self-inflict pain. We want to just see the dog on sunshine and eat grapes and drink wine and champagne. And I think that's what she was meaning by that. Who wants to go through hurt if they don't have to? Yeah. I, 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 I was say I get where you're coming from, but what? But my biggest thing is too, though, is her not taking a step back and looking at her life and finding something good. I mean, happiness is a choice. 
I mean, there's always a good part if you look for it and if you can define it for yourself. Like, just because you're going through something that's bad, it don't mean that something else in your life is happening good at the same exact time. And at that very moment, you're not going to focus on that. I mean, she said that that in the moment of like, damn, I have another failed relationship. Because we have to remember, this show only took place in the span of maybe two years. So... (laughs) So, like, you've had two failed relationships in a matter of, like, a year and a half, two years. So, that's really probably made her already look back at herself and be like, dang, like, I got it. Okay, obviously it's me. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to make a joke out of it, but that's, yes, that's yeah. what she's, I think that was probably part of her self-reflection. Like, dang, it's me. Like, why can't I control this part of my life? Why do I have no control over this? Why can't I keep together a stable relationship? Am I over Lawrence? Am I really over Lawrence? Am I still upset about this whole situation? Like, it's so many factors that really falls in that that probably really kept her up that night. She wasn't crying over the fact that she left that man. She crying at the fact that she's failed at another aspect of her life at that point in time. No, very and, true. And that's a lot to carry. Well, I mean, man, it's a. Go ahead. go ahead, Jameer. No, go ahead, Kendra. Well, I mean, to to Jameer, to um, Jante's point, I mean, what does that say about Issa? You know, I mean, I think that's when we really get into who these characters are, who they are, mm. and what they represent in our culture. Because as I watched this final season of Issa, I used to feel like I related to Issa. <laughs> but watching her this fifth season, I'm like, girl, I would have never made the decisions that you made. Because to me, like, if you could not have focused... If she was not able to focus on how her career had thrived from season one to season five and in some way find happiness in that, what does that say about her to me as a, and I hate to say this, as a strong black woman who had been discriminated against and went through so many obstacles in her life in L.A., that should have been a, a point of happiness in itself. It we, I know everybody want to man. Everybody want a man, but that man can't make you happy. <laughs> that man can't pay no bills. I mean, that, he should pay bills, but when he don't pay, <laughs> but if he don't, you got to be able to pay him yourself. Well, I was so gonna I just, say, well, I was gonna say, and really quick to all of you guys' points, it's it's one of those things. Like, I really do wish we could have seen the evolution, and let's just talk about Issa in this moment because I think that's something that we've all as you say, Kendraros have been robbed from. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, I have to a little bit disagree because it's like, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, it's her life as she's going through life. And it's one of those moments that it could have just been like that hump in her road that she just has to get over and how she continues to grow and mature in that moment. But one thing I love about the next scene is um, something that I appreciate about all of you and something that we all constantly do is celebrating each other. And, um, you know, and I called it the birthday scene, uh, really the birthday episode, because. <laughs> you know, and it's one of those like shout out to Jocelyn Hernandez. They play it almost they play almost every birthday song. They played almost every ratchet birthday song 
in this episode. But again, welcome back, Tiffany. And I think what we saw in last week's episode is that Tiffany kind of made that full promise, as we all do as friendships, you know, because as we all live in different cities, it's like, how do we stay as loyal as we can on the those big days? And as we've all done, even as friends, is saying, you know, how do we at least connect on big events or birthdays and things like that? And they're celebrating Molly's birthday and Issa is like, you know, I want to make sure that you're celebrating yourself because you deserve it. And I think that's so big because it's one of those situations that you really get to see Molly. And I think Joseph talked about this earlier. We see Molly in a different place this season because she's really been able to really get the therapy as we saw throughout the seasons. But I think also this season she has been free. And she kind of gets to, as we see, let her hair down, quote unquote, cut all her hair off and just be a brand new woman. And so what did you guys think about the idea of introducing a man to your family, celebrating yourself? And what does that really look like? Because I think in times, you know, I remember Jonte had put something on his social media and we, we said something. Congratulations on a new opportunity that he was involved in. And I think it's one of those things like we always want to say congratulations because you deserve it. But how do we celebrate ourselves and do we celebrate ourselves enough? I don't think we do. And I'm going to feel comfortable in saying that for everybody. I don't think that we do. Yeah. No. Um, I think sometimes our forefront is to celebrate people that are around us and always be that strong support system for other people. But when it comes to us, it's always we got to be strong and <laughs> we got to be the toughest and, and all of that. And no, it's not the best, but I don't know why we are designed or built like that. But for some reason, we are. Yeah. But I do know in this friend circle, we all support each other in their endeavors and we want to support and show up for them as much as we can. But when it comes to us, it's kind of like, oh no, it's fine, it's okay, <laughs> you know, it's cool. And I don't know if it's because we just, we want to be modest, we don't want to seem like we're over, you know, praising ourselves. But at the end of the day, we, we should put ourselves on the back because we work hard and we do what is needed to survive in this world. Mm-hmm. Jante. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, in general, I don't feel like we do celebrate ourselves enough. I, I feel like the society has made some kind of negative stigma of clapping for yourself when you win, or thinking it's thinking it, looking in the mirror and being happy, being happy at what, what you see in your reflection. Like people say, you're too prideful, or you're conceited, and all of those things, and you're con- and like you're put down for those things, but. Like, what, what was it? Love starts at home. Love starts with self. Like, so for you to give love to anyone else on this planet, you must look in the mirror and be happy with you. You must, like, go to work every day and know you're doing a great job and be happy to pat yourself on the back about that mm-hmm. job. Um, so we all do need to do those things. Um, that's a part of self-care. That part. Well, the next thing... We get another birthday. And after that, we're now celebrating Issa. And it's a whole surprise, y'all. And it's one of those things that what I love about, and I, I hate surprises for myself. But what I love about it is that Issa had walked in thinking that it was a whole issue. I think it was like a water main that broke or something. And she gets to now see Nathan again. And he shows back up. And again, you guys can't see us until I post it, but you know, Chaz kind of rolled his eyes a little bit and um, Ken Jarvis got a little quiet. 
What do you guys think about the idea of growth as we all want in our lives as we try and move past, um, as you guys talked about a failed relationship or relationships, and now that X has now shown back up into your life? What does that feel like? And on your birthday of all times? And in, in that moment, I felt like um, I was proud of Nathan in that moment Absolutely. because I that took a lot of strength on his part because most men would not have shown up me myself i would have paid it you know i mean if it was truly done i would have paid it but to me that demonstrated that he really did care for, about isa like and that isa was not just a point in his life where he was just passing through and wanted to let her go i really felt like lawrence showing up um and lawrence playing the games that he played i don't think that nathan was mentally ready to play those type of games with him um, and I think when that happened, I think that that really set something off in him that made him just want to remove himself. Like he couldn't deal with that. And a lot of people just cannot deal with, with that, um, with that type of back and forth situation. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to circle back just a little bit in terms of like celebrating like black men and stuff. And just it, culturally, we were not, that's not innately in us. Let's just start mm-hmm. there. Like we, we were not, um, our ancestors and stuff, they did not celebrate themselves so we were not taught that and so moving forward you know when we have children and when our children have children like we have to teach that because that's not something that that we were um you know we were we were not historically black men do not celebrate themselves you know we just that's just not what the reality is and so you know the circle back nathan i was i was proud of him in that moment because i felt like he he really showed growth he showed strength and that's a, a quality that um a lot of us don't have so a lot of us need for rather very true I, I just i feel like that wasn't i mean no let me rephrase that i feel like that that was a very mature between two people that had grown over many months that <coughs> had been on year. they don't really say but um i do agree that that was a for him to even show up and say you know just wanted to come out and celebrate for your birthday. We still got love for you. I still got love for you, but not in that way. And that, you know, neither one of them regretted the relationship. Both learned a lot from it. And just being up with somebody doesn't mean that just because you date somebody doesn't mean that's who you're going to end up with. And they're probably, and they were in their life to teach each other a lesson at that time. There you go. And, um, I think those were very important lessons for both of them. Um, and it allowed them both to grow in an aspect and, and probably reevaluate something. Nathan probably found his limit and what he was still willing to put up with drama-wise due to his mental disorder. And Issa was like, you know, maybe she really did because they don't, you know, they only had 41 minutes. So maybe Issa, Issa probably did think, damn, maybe my life really is messy. Oh, right. you know, maybe I do need to evaluate some things. Well, and, I mean, to your... Go ahead. Those life lessons that they taught each other were probably be invaluable. That's probably one of the reasons she was able to go back to Lawrence. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> go back to Lawrence or or work it out or look past these certain issues. Like, it's just, it's just the lessons that they probably learned from each other in that short amount of time were probably available. Well, I mean, and to your point, you know, I, I think once 
that scene ended and closed with Nathan. Um, she tries to kind of make a little joke, I guess, saying his real name. And then they kind of laugh it off. But I think in their conversation, she says, people come in your life for a reason. And I think that's what we all need to realize. You know, whenever we're dating people, whenever we're in these situationships, you know, what did you take away from this relationship? And then what is it that you can apply to whatever future situation that you're in? Um, Chaz, did you want to touch on it? Because we're about to move to Denver. Well, I love to give kudos where kudos is due. And I don't know what is going on with Gingerbread Man and Ken Jarvis, but these words, they have been reading a lot lately because <laughs> the word usage is so amazing. I mean, the vernacular is so high praised. You know, innately, I'm here for it. I support it. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, to, to go to the scene of nathan and Issa at her birthday party this is where it would have taken me back to and again i think because we haven't saw the healing process of Issa, that's why i'm gonna go back to this point it would have taken me to the point when her birthday came around a couple of seasons ago and he had ghosted and then he tried to show back up with some flowers and molly was like uh-uh what are we doing yeah. we're not gonna ruin our oh, birthday that's where it would have taken me back to and if you're going to be done with me, if you're going to be done with the situation because you can't handle it, then be done. Because I feel that although that situation happened between him and Lawrence, it deserved a conversation. And the conversation wasn't just to end with the finale. I can't do this. Because I feel like a lot of times in relationships, communication is not set. And we don't have a clear, concise communication with your partner it makes it very troublesome for the relationship and so i think when they had that situation and he went straight to this is too much i need to fall back without having a full conversation of this is why i feel this way Mm -hmm. you know Issa didn't do anything wrong in my eyes yeah she was literally telling him like no we're not going to do this and he walked up and it became a whole situation now, whether he could deal with it because of his mental illness or not, I think it deserved a conversation. Very true. No, it did. It did. Go ahead, Dante. I was just gonna say that it's not like Nathan basically showed himself in that like in that moment when he did go to Issa because he consistently runs away from every little situation and, and vanishes. And I guess you gotta go back to the, the concept of when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. So does <laughs> Angela. So does Issa. Seriously, most of the time, or she just always like, I don't know, she just the reality, but the reality between the two is that they have more similarities than we tend to not believe. But I believe they were, too, they were too much of the same person taking the mental illness out of it. They were too much of the same person, they did the same thing. Yeah, well, we talked about uh, Denver. And it now focuses on Tiffany's birthday. And this is really the first time we heard her come out of her mouth saying she admitted that she hates Denver. And I think we all kind of knew she hated Denver. But I think what the scene I really wanted to talk about is when we see Molly in the kitchen and she's working on her computer and Issa goes to get her something to drink. Like, girl, let me get you some. I need for you to chill. And she looks down at this photo of Lawrence and the babies. And what it was, whatever the bro, the bro babies, the gang, whatever you know, uh, Tiffany's husband called them. And immediately, as a friend, Molly is just like, if Lawrence would not have done what he did, would you? What would you have said to Nathan? 
what do you guys think in that moment as friends whenever we want to support each other and our minds always go back to that ex and we know going back is the wrong thing what is the right thing to say to your friend in that situation the truth because your friend's gonna know your friends are gonna know. I, I mean, I can sit up there and I can say, you know, you guys can ask me a question, and I can try to give you the politically correct answer, and everything is fine in this polished answer. But at the end of the day, if this is your true friend, they're gonna know the core of you, absolutely, and they're gonna read through their BS. So I think in that moment, the truth was the only thing that was gonna be sufficient. Yeah. And, and I can immediately say, as a friend, I believe in allowing people the right to self-determine. You know, because, and, and I struggle with that because I never want to be that friend that tells somebody to leave somebody. Even if I know it's bad for them, because sometimes people are not ready to leave, right? right. And I don't, I never want to lose a friend because I'm telling them to do something that I know is right, but you don't know how people are going to react. Love make people react very weird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> very no, very and, true. And, and good Peter Wacker. Uh-oh. Can we say that on your show? <laughs> we can listen. We can. We can say. I was gonna say. Uh, we've talked about it before. Good sex makes you think. You good think cross eyes sometimes. You no, know, good child. Good sex have you isolate and. Not calling your mama and <laughs> oh, not mama on block. Girl, we got on block, mama. Oh, not on block, but on silent. Right. I mean, but to Chad's point, I think that that's you know, I mean, it's it's just it's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, I just personally believe in letting people self determine. And if you ask me a question, I'll give you my honest opinion. But then I will at the end of that say, but you do what you need to do for your mental health. Absolutely. And as a friend, you're going to support them one way or another. And, you know, Jante is really good at it. Yes, he he is. Let me tell you, I'm this way this day. Cool. I'm this way this day. Well, I'm going to switch it up. Cool. I'm going to switch it up. And I appreciate that because it allows the freedom for me to be honest with them and not have to have the reservation of judgment. Which is what you don't need in your friendship. In your friendship, you want to be able to be honest and vulnerable because that is your safe space. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, to your point, and and I think Joseph just touched it, that's your outlet. You know, these are the people that we Mm -hmm. call our family. I think we've moved past the idea of friendship to now family. And I think as, Mm -hmm. as the years continue to build, as they did even on this show, we got to see the growth. And as we're seeing even with our own personal friendships now, the growth with each other. And the unfortunate thing about what happens next is that Molly's mother passes away. And I started to cry. I got a little emotional. And um, I thought about the next scene of when Issa is still being that supportive friend and she keeps calling Molly to make sure she's good. Does she need anything? And she hasn't heard back from her. But then she ends up calling Lawrence. And now it's his birthday. And as... Joseph touched on earlier, you know, Lawrence has kind of moved on with his life. In that next scene, we see Lawrence has now got a whole date at the door because he has now plans for his birthday. You know, what do you do in that case that you now are calling your ex back to just say, hey, I just want to take you out for your birthday. But the reality is y'all know that it's more than just I want to take you out for your birthday. 
thoughts? It just depends on the situation. Um, it depends on the, situ- the relationship that you have with that person. Like, I would have probably looked at the phone very strangely <laughs> if he called. Um, I probably wouldn't answer. I would love you can leave a voicemail, but it just that just shows that neither one of them had really moved on in their life. John, in right. my opinion, that's what that that's what that says to me because you get ready to go on a date with a whole nother lady, and, and you still answer. Oh, you got off the phone with your mommy and daddy to answer the phone with her, you to did. answer the phone for her. So what does that say? You do. Brush cut smooth off. Okay, I gotta go. Math, my I'll tomorrow. Bye. The, ma- the math, was, <laughs> the math was not mathing for me because I would have been like, oh, east cut swipe. But what does that say that he still took the time out to answer the phone when she called on his birthday or vice versa? He called whatever they we knew they was going to go back together. Let's just say, but um, they just weren't over to each other and they still that that drawn affection, like Chad said earlier, when you no matter how hard you avoid it back to each other at the end of the day yeah and that's about the story being written the way that it was that's why i'm okay with the way the story the way it was written well what was next in the story was <laughs> so we were back to a whole nother birthday again <laughs> so we were, we were back to a we were back to another birthday and it was now kelly's birthday and <clears throat> I'm sorry, audience, you guys have probably never heard me go there. But, you know, when you got your friends around you, you get a little loose. So I apologize about what I'm about to say. So you see Issa come to the table with this beautiful, fine man. My God, he was absolutely gorgeous. Whew. Okay, that's all and I'm going to say. And the beer was fine. It was me. <laughs> He was absolutely gorgeous. But I think the biggest conversation right now is the announcement that Kelly says that she is pregnant. Where do you guys think this moment was going? Did you got first of all, did y'all even think that this was even gonna happen on this episode that Kelly was gonna end up pregnant? No. No. Absolutely not. But Kelly said said Kelly's story was gonna end pretty darkly, personally. (laughs) Kelly said something that I would have said. I, I could I saw myself telling Chaz, I know I said I wasn't I didn't want kids I right. wasn't gonna have no baby, but I want to have this nigga baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think you were, I didn't think you were gonna say that, but go ahead. <laughs> I well, was like, whoa! I mean, I mean, you were so honest though. She was, was like, you know, I I didn't she didn't see this for herself. Yeah. She didn't want this. Kelly was very career driven, very sex sex driven. Drug driven, <laughs> alcohol driven, um, but she didn't. I mean, but now she's so happy, and I feel like Kelly, to a to a point, was one of the characters that was truly her authentic self throughout this whole process. And so, and we really did get to see Kelly evolve yes. in ways that we didn't mm-hmm. get to see the other characters evolve. Yeah. So. I appreciated that. I feel like it was rushed in the last season, though, because everybody had been screaming for seasons. Kelly, Ke- like, why don't y'all give Kelly a big, deserves a bigger storyline? It's like, oh, in the last season, let's give her a 
a semi quasi storyline, and it did. I mean, I'm with you 100%. Mama evolved the most out of any character. <laughs> I mean, a huge shout out to Natasha Rothwell because I think, as we all saw, even she directed a couple of the episodes as well last season, this season. Um, but she made a comment that I think a lot of us probably think of sometimes is that when they had gone to the reunion on the first episode and she saw that she had died. I don't know if a lot of people really look at that as foreshadowing, but it really is because it's when you look at your life and you say, you know what? Oh my gosh, something could have happened and I could have died. And I did not have the opportunity to take advantage of what I wanted to do in life. And so now to Kendravis's point, oh, I want to have sex with that man and get that baby. But I think it was definitely a little bit deeper because she was just like, wow, I saw my obituary and I saw how people viewed me as I died. So now how do I now live the best life that I can moving forward? No, and I, that, yeah, that completely makes sense because it did at the end of that episode, it made her reevaluate everything very closely. Yeah. Um, also, but um, um, I think she's definitely she's always been my favorite character from the first season. I've always agreed with Kate Kelly be like, okay, forget all of this. But um, I always saw her more as a good time girl, but I don't know if the rest of the girls in the group saw her that way. I always felt like she was not given a fair chance throughout the five seasons until this season. I love Kelly because she reminds me a lot of Jonte. Because she's free. She gets to have fun with life. She enjoys her friends. And let's be clear, she goes to bat and will kick your if she needs to, you know what I'm saying? And I remember Chaz had thrown an event a few weeks ago, and I remember one of the conversations that they, Chaz and Jonte were having with each other. And I just, I saw so much of a Kelly and a Tiffany relationship between them two. Like, I got your back, girl. What you need? I'm here. You need me? What's up? You know? So I think that's what I love about even just my own friendships. But then as we see now, Issa, she moves into her new workspace. And I'm actually going to jump to something that Lawrence says that I appreciate is that you have moved from we got y'all to I got mine. What do y'all think about this full circle moment that from season one, we see Issa working from we got y'all and really hating it to now building her own platform of what she's doing for the community. Go ahead. I think it's like awesome because for the simple fact that Issa was an underdog for so long and like to be around friends that are like successful and doing great and to be like struggling and, and waiting for your moment to come, that kind of like can really take a toll on an individual and it, it can be hard. So to see her go through that and to see her blossom and get her moment and like a genuine moment that also includes love, that's a huge win. Like, you got the career and the man. Like, so all that she went through and all the struggles she had to experience was all worth it because she came out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, guess, I do love that she had to pay off in the end professionally because she did really, yeah, we went from season one seeing her struggle to when Lawrence left her and she was driving Uber, mm-hmm. trying to make her rent, setting <laughs> the apartment on fire to... <laughs> Moving out of the dunes to becoming the Lisa manager. Like, that's that growth. As she said, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah, her personal life is 
hot garbage on fire. But her professional life, she really, really worked hard and she achieved that goal. And so we have to ask the question, did she kind of sacrifice her personal life for all of those years or a couple of years to really grow professionally? Mm. That's why I was so... Which I, go ahead, Chaz. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just, I mean, from the beginning of this conversation, that's why I was so, I'm not, I wasn't upset, but I was concerned that Issa did not find, did not think she was happy and that she wanted to skip even forward in her life because she, to me, she didn't take that time to recognize that. I mean, when, when Lauren said that as a black man, I was so proud of this. Like I was proud of her when she started working, you know, with Crenshaw from the very beginning. Cause I was like, girl, I remember when you was, you know, driving the basic lifts, <laughs> like the lift X, and you was, you know, like not, oh, not, the, base, now, not the basic, not the basic Like we saw the evolution of her shoes. Her shoes got better, you know. And I was, <laughs> you know, so that's her shoes evolved and so I was proud I was proud of Issa when, when Lauren said that like I really felt like um, as just black people for the culture we do not celebrate the things that are important like our careers our livelihood our entrepreneurships our education like we put too much focus on a spouse mm. <laughs> like and when that spouse leaves all we have to think about sometimes is that spouse. But if we had took some of that energy to focus on our education and our entrepreneurships and our businesses and our mental health and things oh, like that, like we would be, we would be, we would be able to recognize that growth. So I just, I don't know. I was concerned Go ahead, with the Chaz, conversation. Think, go ahead, Chaz. I think you were going to say something. <clears throat> well, no, I, I was just going to say as far as, you know, Lawrence making that statement, I appreciated it. And I appreciate it because he was there from the beginning. And he was there to listen to her being upset and them having meetings behind her back. And she was going to play the F out of, you know, that little program she was going to do. And then, you know, to her going through her, you know, troubles and struggles and things like that. But having the point where she recognized the hardship that it took to create her own business, just as Lawrence was doing. And she had that aha moment, like, oh yeah. So it is a lot of work, right? And she's like, it is. Two, she fully developed this whole concept, this whole program, and now she has her own storefront to run her business. And he's like, girl, you did the dang thing. You know, and I think that it's amazing when you can have someone who's there from the beginning and who can help see you navigate through that hard point in your life because it's not going to be all roses and, mm-hmm. and pennies. It's not going to be that. But to stick through mm-hmm. that with you, to talk through it, even though they had their breakups and all that kind of situation, I'm there in the end with you. And I saw you from here and I see where you are now. And you did that. And I appreciated that moment for that reason. It's interesting how all of you guys have said a lot of the same things that fit under one umbrella of you know, as we go through life, you know, we start off with someone that we think is our soulmate. And then, you know, we separate from them. But then, of course, we go through other bumps in the road. And as we talked about earlier, you know, with 
Nathan, it was an idea of what did I learn from this situation that I can now apply to my future of whatever that looks like. And we then see Lawrence and Issa, they kind of kiss and kind of do their little thing. And as the show kind of wraps, it ends in Greece. And we see Molly get married to Torian. Huge shout out, beautiful dress. She looks absolutely happy. We get to see like this dance that she's doing, you know, uh, in, in is a memorandum. I always say it wrong with her mom. So you can still get to see her mom's photo there and things like that. But I think, and I'm getting emotional now. I got super emotional at the end when I got to see Molly and Issa, the evolution of their friendships, the love that they have for each other as sisters, the same way we do as brothers, as friends, and we all call each other family because we love and support each other so much. And we've all gone through the highs, the lows, the breakups, the jobs, whatever. And I think whenever you get to see the Molly and Issa moment, you really get to see Issa for the first full time break down and cry and see her true friendship to Molly. But in addition to you get to see the growth and the support that she really has for her friend. What did you guys feel in the moment when you got to see Molly happy and married and now as her friend, again, I see a lot of Jonte and Chaz, but as her friend is is taking her dress off for her and saying, girl, I got you. And, and Molly looking at her just saying, thank you for being here, because I know wherever I go, as long as you're here, I'm good. What did you guys take from that? I mean, I think I was that... very happy at Molly. Go ahead. Dr. Dr. King. Nah, go ahead. Dr. King. You know, you know, I'm an hour behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I, let me just say, I love Molly. You know, even though I diagnosed her earlier in the show, I mean, earlier in your show, Jameer, um, you know, I, I haven't done her treatment plan yet, but I did diagnose her <laughs> in the beginning. And she, um, but I tell Chaz all the time, me and Molly are one and the same. Uh, in a lot of ways like you know she um i feel like she finally found her footing and so to see her happy it made her character come full circle because it was like okay girl you was a mess you went through the necessary steps that you needed to go through in life to get better and it was a step for black people in terms of seeking help and getting mental health treatment because it shows that it shows that it works and it, it, it is, it, it's necessary sometimes for us to be able to talk to other people, you know, talk to people outside of the church and outside of <laughs> our, our parents and outside of our friends. Like sometimes we need to see, you know, their professional help. So I was, I was thrilled. I was excited. And I, and I felt like Molly overall, she just finally found her footing. And, you know, definitely the definition of it's not when you get there is how you get there because mom Boom. always a timetable on her life and we know that the time that she took to get to the point that she wanted to be in her life it was the steps and the path she took to get to be where she wanted to be in the point in her life yeah. and I think that with East Molly I believe they were written in such a contrast to one another 
because if you look on screen, Molly was shown working the steps over the past five seasons of getting to the point of where she wanted to be, to making the poor decisions, the time she wanted to get there, even to the point of her even being mature enough to be like, okay, I need help with my parents, their estate. Like, those those were big moves for her to move to the point to where she is in her life. Now look at it, she's married. She married somebody that she would never have married, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's happy. <laughs> As she said, she didn't see much of Greece because they've been in the room the entire time. Right. So, in contrast to Issa, Issa grew just professionally, but not personally. Um, but everybody's journey is not the same. I, I always say in this show that it's definitely it's on this arrive with them for a certain point in their lifetime for us to get off and they're going to keep going. All right. Go ahead, Chaz. I think you were about to say something. No, I mean, it's, it's the small details where Molly was in therapy and everything she said was, I should be this or I should. And the therapist said, you say that a lot. You should. Fast forward to when she's married and she's gone through all those trials and tribulations and she's confessed, I'm happy Hmm. versus I should be happy. And that showed the evolution of she's solid in her happiness because she took out that one simple word of should, right? And I think that moment after everything that she's going through, losing a parent and she's getting ready to navigate a whole new chapter in her life where it's not, girl, we're going to do self-care Sunday because we both single and we're going to do blah, blah, blah. Now it's, she has a whole husband that she's going to have to put in the forefront. But not losing that friendship either. And I think that's what that was. And I was happy to see it. She deserves happiness. Jante? Yeah, I think Molly truly does, truly does deserve happiness. And I feel like it takes a lot for a person to look at yourself and be like, I'm the problem. And to not only acknowledge you the problem, but also fix it and fix it to where, where you end up with a man. Like, that's amazing. I mean, because, like, she had a great career. She had style. She looks amazing. But she still was lacking something. She was lacking love. And the reason she was lacking is because of the decision she was making and her attitude towards men in general. So, like, she flipped it all around and came out on top and was able to even look at Issa and because. On, in the grander scheme of things, she's always been winning over Issa, but to even to turn to Issa and say, thank you, I'm here because of you, basically. Like, to get Issa that acknowledgement, because sometimes as friends, we don't acknowledge our friends enough. And so to give her that kind of, like, uh, acknowledgement and, and, and love, that's amazing. No, I thought so as well. And I think, you know, to all of your points, it's one of those things that we did get to see the evolution of these characters. I wish that we could have been able to see more and maybe had, of course, some more episodes. Um, As we wrap the Jameer Smith show, um, two things that I wanted to do. The first thing is I could only pull two questions out of the like 49 that people had sent to my email because a lot of people were listening to kind of the recap. So I pulled two questions and I wanted to know what you guys thought process is behind it. Um, You can only choose one for both of these. So the first question is which character had, I'm sorry, this is from my apologies. This is from Derek from Long Island. Shout out to Derek. 
And which character had the best development from seasons one through five? No, wait a minute. Do we get to answer individually? Can we answer this question or do we need to listen to the second question and see which one we want to answer? No, 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 no. Meaning, no, no, no. Meaning that you can only choose one person. So, meaning, you know, for each question, you can only choose one person. My apologies. So, again, shout out to Long Island. Uh, Which character had the best development from seasons one through five? I'm going to go with this. You know, my initial thought was going to say Kelly because she's really changed from season after season after season. But I'm actually going to go with Molly. And the reason I'm going to go with Molly is because we're going from broken (laughs) P, the ups and downs, (laughs) you know, her trying to find love, her going from Mr. Hurts, your feeling, Mr. Um, the gentleman who worked at the um, car rental place, showing up at his house, drunk, not going knowing what's going on and going from the lead, thinking that she needed to find a person of a certain statue, you know, and then she's end up going into a situation where she's dealing with a married person just to fill a void when only she started really feeling, having feelings for this individual and then getting hurt in that and then having to leave a job that she was doing very well at making less than what her counterparts were making only because of the color of her you know, skin complexion. And then going into a all black firm where she felt all included, but then she was having turmoil with her now married husband and then losing her parent, falling out with Issa. You know, she struggles so much having to go through therapy. It was so much self-evaluation and that is a hard process when you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm the problem <laughs> and I have to fix it. That is one of the hardest conversations that you can have with yourself, but it's a much needed conversation that you have to have because in order to fix yourself, you got to be able to identify what the problem is. So I think that she really evolved from season one all the way up into this current moment where started off shaky, unhappy in episode one to now she's ending with the highest happiness in her life. Jante? Um, I would say Tiffany. Um, her character's introduced as being perfect. Having it all. Husband, lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. And as the seasons progress, you see her become more vulnerable. You see her admit that her husband had some infidelity. You see her go through a postpartum where she's escaping from the baby and she's running from her husband. She's running from her relationship. She's running from life in general. Like, it always to her being in Denver and saying she ain't happy. Like, she had to, like, grow, I guess, in a sense, to be comfortable enough with her friends to admit I'm not happy, to admit I'm struggling, to open herself up to, to, for them to, like, ridicule or judge or just even see her truly. Mm-hmm. Joseph? Unpopular opinion. Um, I chose Lawrence. Um, Because even though Lawrence had fewer episodes, but we have to remember, Lawrence had a huge evolution. Even though, because we look at him in a certain way, um, it's kind of being BS. But you got to remember, Lawrence was depressed. And now that it's five years later and we're watching this show through different eyes and society has changed so much, say that it's okay that men are it's okay for men to be depressed. Lawrence was depressed when we first met him. Lawrence was 
working on a business plan. Issa, he had pretty much wrote his last check with Issa. Um, even throughout their situation, um, from the bank teller to the bank teller to him kind of just figuring out his stuff because we got uh, we got more figuring out of Lawrence in the second season I think than we did of Issa when he was just making stupid moves with stupid women to him being with Condola to him having a baby with Condola to him figuring out how to co-parent with Condola because they knew that they were not going to be together to him even getting back to the point as much as we yes was the timing wrong what he did absolutely and what i probably fought him at that party absolutely but him you know pulling a dwayne wayne from a different world if you old enough to know what that is uh and senator byron douglas when that is name okay (laughs) (laughs) you know pulling one of those situations to where they are today him and Issa was co-parenting Little Jai, or we don't know what Condola was. I guess somebody pushed her off a cliff. But um, I feel like Lawrence had a very huge evolution over the five years of this show. Honestly, he tried to move on. And it's just, I go back to what Chad said 45 minutes ago. When it's con- when you connect it, you connect it. It ain't nothing you can do about it, When yeah. no matter how hard you try to pull away from it. Ken Jarvis. In, so, <laughs> I don't know. I thought long and hard about this question. I'm glad I went last because I really didn't know. Uh, but I will say, ultimately, Molly had the best um, evolution simply because we saw Molly go from college girl, straight out of school. She landed a great job, had a good career. But then she not only learned how to navigate life, she learns how to deal with people. And so to me, life is, is, is more, a way to evolve in life is to learn how to encounter people and learn how to always have a negative reaction um, when something happens that you don't like. And Molly was spoiled uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. She felt privileged. And so we saw life kind of humble her. And then we saw her gain her footing again. And so I appreciated that about about molly because i mean she needed to be humbled in a lot of ways molly to me felt like life owed her something she felt entitled to well i have a good job so i need a man or i I deserve the richest man or i deserve the best man when life don't work like that (laughs) you know and so for me um i really felt like molly um started to treat people like they weren't disposable and when she started to not dispose of everything that she didn't like or she didn't agree with life got better for her and so so the next question is and this comes from nicole from tampa shout out to tampa so which characters and let's just say character one person do you think could have a spinoff show I will go in the order. I'm gonna go in order of the screen. Chaz, you're first. I would have to say. I love these questions, guys. Kelly. So shout out, shout out to Tampa. You know, I used to live there for a short period of my life. Shout out to Ebor City. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, 
I would have to say Kelly, and the reason why is because who would have ever thought Kelly would end up being pregnant, right? And I would love to see how she navigates motherhood and follow the relationship that she's formed with the guy that she's going to have the baby with. Joseph, you're next. I agree with Chad. It's all the person that could have... Well, okay, two people could. Kelly and Lamar. Because I low-key low feel like that they're actually really good friends. <laughs> but he's in public. Like, I feel like Amal will low-key be Kelly, like, the godfather to Kelly kid. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because you can just... It's just the level of, like, how deep they drag each other when they're around <laughs> each other. That lets you know that... Because, you know, it's a difference between, like, real-life hate, but, like... yeah. I'm gonna call you like them to the IHOP like like oh don't bring him. No, I mean to your to, no to your point. I have to say uh, uh, Kelly's British accent still takes me out to this day. John, <laughs> just the details he knew about he know about Kelly like when he, even when he be reading her right like if they out or whatever. You can't tell me nothing else. Like Kelly and Amal would yeah. definitely have to have their own show. Jonte, you are next. I mean, Kelly's the only person. She's the only person with like, per, like, true genuine personality. She takes chances. She's witty. She's exciting. She's the only person I would want to see the spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken Jarvis. And y'all, I already know. I want to see Molly with a spinoff because we got a chance to know Molly's family. You know, I want to see more of like her brother's relationship and how he navigates through things. Um, I want to know what happens with her, with her dad. Like, I mean, I as a fan of this show, I became invested in Kelly's, I mean, uh, Molly's family. You know, and so to just cut them off <laughs> like that after the mom kind of passed away and kind of not really, not really get to see how Molly dealt with that. We know she grieved, but I want to see how. Yeah. You know, I want to see if she relapsed into those old ways of doing stuff. If she if she went back to typical Molly, did it affect her relationship? You know, did he help heal her through that? Like, how did he help her? Like, I want to see all of it. So I would love to see the Torian and Molly show. Gotcha. Personally. Well, can we, uh, can we reflect on the end of the episode where Issa's driving around, though? It took me. I was it like, that's the right aid. Did I miss that thing? Right aid. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My shirt. Just, <laughs> I mean, all the way down to, you know, the guy who only used the B word. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I think I it mean, was amazing. Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. Just like, and I think Chaz and I even talked about this like a few weeks ago. Like, the foreshadowing is amazing and how she just really reflected on the seasons. Um as we wrap this, um, this actually what you guys were talking about, it'd be interesting to see how many of these you guys get right. So at the end of my show, we have a thing called the lightning round. And I have some one, two, three, four, and my including. So five people that are in love with this show. So we'll see how many of these answers you guys get right. You can yell it out. Let's have fun with it. And these are questions that only pertain to insecure. Okay. These are quotes that people have said on the show these are instances that people have been involved in so i'm gonna see who the real life culprits are on this so first one is <clears throat> i had it all wrong 
I don't need to be miss, insecure, no fucks, sorry for herself or dysfunction. I'll read it again. I had it all wait, wrong. Wait, 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 explain this a little bit deeper. What? So basically, it's going to be a multiple. It's, it's a multiple choice of four answers, and it's basically these are sayings, quotes, words that people have said as far as on the show. Okay, so I had it all wrong. I don't need to be miss. One insecure. Two zero fucks. Three sorry for herself or four dysfunction. Zero fucks. It was Molly, right? Yep. Okay. Zero fucks. I don't remember when, but I remember that was Molly that said it. Next one is girl. I always wanted to have a blank phase. It was a whole phase. The next one is look at us 30, single, thriving, look like all three. Okay. Beyonce's, Destiny's Child's, Mariah Carey's, Jennifer Hudson. Beyonce. Destiny's Child. Beyonce. Oh, now that was Beyonce. <laughs> the next one is super easy. Becky with the good hair, hair. ring. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Becky with the good ring. They were talking about blowjobs and they were talking about giving, you know, good blowjobs <laughs> to white schools. And she was like, you mean Becky with the good ring? <laughs> next question is I am on some no better, do better shit, Dro. I had to put him in his lane. The answers are bloop, blam, uh-oh, or bleep. Blam. Blam. The next one is, if you ever need a bitch to play the I'm available. Issa is talking to... Okay. If you ever... If you ever need a bitch to play the I'm available, the drums tambourine, xylophone, or recorder? The recorder. It was the recorder. <laughs> I don't remember the episode, but I remember that. <laughs> Next, last two questions is, Issa, he's not charging me to stay. Kelly, he's not you. Okay. Fornicating, fucking, flandering. Okay. They're talking about Daniel. I remember that. Correct. And the last yeah, question that's is right. <laughs> two bedrooms, one for you to sleep in and one for your drama, emotions, feelings, or issues? Issues. Feelings. So it, issues. It was issues. Oh, that's the way, but that was a little really Scott Chad. There you go. See? I knew the, I knew the moment. You I did? Knew, <laughs> I knew the moment. So first of all, I really do want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Jameer Smith Show. This is our last episode for the year. We actually come back uh, spring 2022. We already have a lineup already ready. But I wanted to thank, of course, just my friends for being my friends, for being as humble and as loving as possible. But something that we all touched on at the beginning of this is celebrating. So I want to celebrate you guys always just by saying I love you, I adore you, and thank you for always supporting me. And any last words you guys want to leave on how you felt about Insecure, 
Season five, episode 10. You know, I will say that although I would have loved more, <laughs> I appreciate it because I can see myself in various scenarios throughout the season. So it was not only entertaining to watch, but it was a self-reflection for me as well. So Joseph, thank you, Insecure, for that. Um, <laughs> I've seen so much of myself in ECD. Especially in this last 12 months of my life. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't love the pacing of the last episode, but I love the story that was told. And I love the fact that there was no hard finale. Mm-hmm. And that we just got off the ride with them at a certain point in their life. And that's, that's, that's okay. to be appreciated. Jante? I guess, although expedited, um, <laughs> um, it was nice to see everybody win. And it was nice to also see that there's no like straight definition of happiness. Because like Kelly's happiness, Issa's, Molly's, it was all individual and it was all to be celebrated and applauded. Um, and I give it that much. <laughs> Thank you. And Ken Jarvis. I think for me, I was just happy to see them all still maintain their friendship. You know, I think personally for myself, like from if I look at high school to this point in my life, you know, being 30, like I'm not, I've changed friends, you know, some people that started with me in high school uh, or even elementary school up until this point now, it's very few <laughs> that I still present with me. And, and even when I think about going to 40 or going to 50, like I often think about who will transition with me as I go up as I come back down as I go up again and so I found it very very it was a privilege to see four black women still maintain like that friendship and loyalty to one another no matter what they went through and no matter what obstacles they faced in life like I, I thought I thought that was very refreshing for us to see that in some people of color on TV and so I was proud of that I was very happy <laughs> And I think to to wrap up everything, I think what I appreciated really about this series is that something that all of you guys touched on is what love looks like. And I think this show really did highlight a lot of conversations that people of color do not talk about. And I appreciate that the Melinda's and the Prentices and the Issa's and everyone that had a part of this, this show were able to tell a story that we always like to tell each other or tell ourselves. And now we have an opportunity to tell the world. And I appreciate something that Carrie Washington wrote today on her Instagram is that she was able to have a small part in the last you know, few years, but this is now breaking the ceiling. And I hope that there are gonna be more shows like this that will be able to mirror you know, what we've been able to experience and talk about. So I thank you guys for being a part of the Jameer Smith Show, being a part of my life. I love you all so much. And until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. And I look forward to talking with you guys next year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And as we always say at the end of the show, stay positive, but stay creative. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.